Jesus. Amen. You read Joshua chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, and another scripture from Proverbs 30, and then we'll get into the message. Joshua 3, 5 to 6. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the hack of the covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. Second scripture is Proverbs 30, verse 24 to 28. I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. It says, the heart has four creatures that are very small, but very wise. The feeble hand has little strength. Yet look how it diligently gathers its food in the summer to last throughout the winter. The delicate rock badger isn't all that strong. Yet look how it makes a secure home nestled in the rocks. The locusts, they have no king to lead them. Yet they cooperate as they move forward by bands. And the small lizard or spider, some versions say lizard, some versions say spider in the Hebrew word, the same root word. And the small lizard or spider is easy to catch as it clings to the walls with its hands. Yet it can be found even inside the king's palace. It can be found even inside the king's palace. May the Lord bless his word in Jesus' name. I've subtitled this four-dimensional wisdom. Four-dimensional wisdom. And I'm going to be linking what we read in uh, Proverbs together with what we read in the book of Joshua um, to, to tie both of them together as God will give us the grace in the time that we have. Uh, let's also bear in mind that today is Holy Communion, so we'll try and be very fast with this so that we can also get into that. Joshua's instructions in, in chapter 3 that battered the motto that we saw. I mean, the motto itself is an instruction. Consecrate yourself, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders amongst us. The motto is from that latter part, but it is actually predicated upon an instruction, which is one instruction amongst many other instructions in that chapter. But all of the instructions that Joshua was given in that chapter is preceded by a story that perfectly ties with those four expressions of wisdom that we saw in the passage that we have read in, uh, in Proverbs chapter 30. So it's, it's the two that we're going to be looking at side by side. But let me quickly give us the backstory back to the beginning of the book of Joshua and just touch on some few verses to bring us to where we are in chapter three, so that it can give us some context to see um, how the story has played out in that sense up to that point. Joshua chapter one, verse one to two. The Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am given to them. In verse 7 to 8, it says, only be strong and be very courageous. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Not I will make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. It goes on in verse 12 to 14. Then Joshua summoned the leaders of the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And he reminded them of the agreement they had with Moses. Now, these three tribes, as it were, 
they didn't need to cross Jordan because their own inheritance, their land is actually on the other side of Jordan. It's where they are presently. So they don't have any business with Jericho. Their promised land, they're already there in that sense. According to an agreement they already had with Moses. The Lord your God has given you a homeland here on the east side of the Jordan River. Moses had told them, but your troops, your fully armed men must lead other tribes across the Jordan River to help them conquer their territory on the other side until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord has given them. Then shall you return to the land of your own possession and enjoy it. In other words, before you can enjoy this, your own promised land, help other people to secure their own promised land. So they answered Joshua by saying, all that you command us, we will do. That leads us to chapter two. I'm picking just the first and the last verse. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, go and view the land, especially Jericho. And in verse 24, after they came back, they said to Joshua, truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. For indeed, all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. They are already afraid even before we get there. So let's go. We believe we're going to possess the land. And that lands us in chapter 3, where our motto comes from. Chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. We are ready to go. Everything is clear. We can see that the Lord is with us. We are going to possess the land. Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. I want us to quickly just look at four dimensions of wisdom that is embedded in this narrative up until this point in the story of the book of Joshua and see that as keys, as it were, that God wants to equip us with as we go into this year. Wisdom to prosper in 2021, if you will. Wisdom to enjoy all that God has promised for this year, if you will. Wisdom to indeed experience the wonders that God has promised for each and every one of us. The very first wisdom that I can see in the story so far is the wisdom of preparation. Is the wisdom of preparation. Where we read in Proverbs chapter 30, speaks about the hands. And it says that as feeble as they are, as weak as they are, I mean, just a, a single ant is powerless in and of itself. But in spite of their little strength, they can organize themselves so diligently and gather food in the summer ahead of the winter. Of course, in the winter, they can't survive moving about. And so they gather all that they will need in the winter during the summer. They were very busy in the summer so that they can enjoy, as it were in the winter. And that's, that's preparation. They are preparing for what, as it were, is to come. And you probably must have heard this quote that success happens when preparation meets opportunities. I qualify that a bit more to say when adequate preparation meets matching opportunities. I believe that God is going to be opening lots of doors of opportunities to each and every one of us as we go into the year. The Amen. wonders of God will come packaged in opportunities. The wonders of God many times come packaged as opportunities. The blessings of God many times, they come packaged as opportunities. But opportunities will only translate into blessing or we only deliver the blessing that is hidden in potential for minutes when there is a preparation that matches that opportunity. Moses is dead, he says in the beginning of that book, just like 2020 is gone. 
but to make the most of what is ahead of you, to, to, to seize the land, to possess your possession, as it were, in 2021, will be determined by your preparation. And it's not too late to prepare for all that is left to be done in the year. I think it was Abraham Lincoln that is attributed to have said that, give me 12 hours to cut down a tree and I will spend the first eight hours sharpening my axe because he knows that once the axe is well sharpened, then even in one or two hours, the tree can be down. In other words, he's emphasizing on that place or that power in preparing, in preparation. Joshua's preparation in these first three chapters that we see, we see that he began with God and his word. He began with him staying in a posture whereby God can speak to him. And God began to give him instructions. And one of the key instructions he got was be strong and be courageous. But besides that, this book of the law, the word of God, the word of God, prioritize it. Meditate in it day and night. Meditate therein mean keep turning it again in, in your heart. Keep saying it to yourself. Keep muttering it. Keep thinking about it. Keep talking about it. Keep preaching it to yourself. I like when David did that in Psalm 42. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Hope thou in God. He's talking to himself. He can feel, I'm feeling depressed. What's going on? What's going on within me, O my soul? Rejoice in God. Rejoice in the hope that you have in God. He was talking to himself. That's meditation. And that's one of the things God is saying that we should do as our way of preparing for this year. The other thing he did in preparing was he adapted the templates that Moses used. There are many things that happen in those first three chapters that we will see samples and, and, and shadows of that in how Moses did what he did as well. In other words, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. If you found a key that has worked for someone in 2020 or even worked for you in 2020, it can work again. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. One of the things that he did was to send spires, the same way Moses sent spires. But this time around, he upgraded. Moses sent 12 spies. 10 came back with bad reports. Only two came back with good reports. So this time around, Joshua did not need to send 12. He sent only two. <laughs> and the two went and they came back with good news. They came back with good reports. I, I, I see that as a way of saying they don't want to just double into the promised land. They want to be familiar with what is going on there before they get there. You want to be familiar with February, March, April, May, June, before you get to the month. You want to be familiar with December before you get there. How do you spy those months? You do that by creating what you want to see. You do that by beginning to declare what you want to see in, in February, in March, in April, in June, in August, throughout the rest of the year. One of the ways you do that is by leveraging on the word that God has given us as a word for the year collectively. But even on a specific level, you can begin to say, God, what name are you giving me for this year? What is, what is 2021 to me? It's been a culture for my wife and I over the past few years to, before we enter into a new year, we want to give it a name. It could be a phrase, it could be a, a word, it could be a statement, it could be anything. And for this year, we are focusing on we believe God wants us to become more like Jesus Christ. That's the name we have given this year. So everything that is happening in the year, we are going to look at it through the light of how does this make us become more like Christ? What's the opportunity here to become more Christ-like, to become more like Jesus? Another thing he did was then to admonish the people to consecrate themselves. Pastor did a beautiful job on that last week, so I won't even dwell on that. But the wisdom of preparation, that's the first dimension of wisdom. 
The second one I want to quickly mention is the wisdom of solid foundation. The wisdom of laying a solid foundation. It's close to the first one, but a little bit different. In this case, in Proverbs chapter 30, the second animal that was mentioned was a rock badger. Some other versions put it as hyraxes and things like that. It's the same animal. Um, this animal is very, very, very weak, very fragile. It's, it knows it's weak. And so the wisdom that God providentially gave him to survive as part of his own ways of survival is to go and build his house on the rock. He lives within the rocks. And living within the rocks means it's easy for him to just hide anyhow and becomes really very difficult to catch as a prey for any other animal. And, and that quickly brings something else to mind, you know, when, when Jesus speaks, for instance, about he that builds his house on a rock as being a wise man, being a wise man. Joshua said in Joshua 35, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. In, in order for you to enjoy what is waiting for you tomorrow, it's dependent on that which you are laying, the foundation that you are laying today. To put it more, more succinctly, the security of tomorrow is only as strong as the foundation of today. The security of your future, the security of all that lies ahead is only as strong as the foundation that you lay today. And what's the best foundation that we can lay for all that God has for us this year? I believe it's tied to that scripture in Matthew 7, where Jesus himself said, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. He's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the stream rose, the winds blew, they beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. In other words, the key there is to hear and to listen and to do, to put into practice. To hear, for instance, what we've heard in the growth track this morning about Titan, and to not just say, yeah, that sounds correct, that sounds true. But no, to go beyond that to say, I'm actually then going to put that into practice. Or if you've been doing that before, to say, I'm going to be more intentional about doing that and putting that into practice this year. That is you laying a solid foundation. Obedience is the best foundation that anyone can lay for a secured future. That's the second wisdom. The third wisdom we see in this story for the first three chapters is the wisdom of unity. The wisdom of unity, the wisdom of cooperation. And the animal that applies to this in the context of the Proverbs passage that we read is the locust. I like that the scripture says they have no king. I mean, for the ants, the ants have a very complex structure of organization as infinitesimal as they are. They know their king, they know their queen. They know they work in a very structured regimen. But for the locust, they have no king. But when they come in their numbers, they can devastate a field. Everything green is gone because their power is in their togetherness, is in their collectiveness. They can, they can rot wonders or wreak havoc, as it were, when they are together. And that's, that's one of the things that I believe God wants us to also take to mind as we journey into 2021. And we see that in Joshua's admonition to the leaders of those three tribes. He's saying, yeah, you guys are settled. You have what you want. Your promised land life has begun. But 
it really hasn't until every other person, every other tribe has gotten their own portion. And so in 2021, I want you to see it as your win is not your win until we win. In other words, your win is in our collective win. Your testimony is not a testimony until all of us can testify as such. I want you to see it in that light to say, this year I'm going to be intentional about wanting to, wanting to pray for the other person even more than I pray for myself. I want to be that intercessor that will stand in the gap for what's going on with this other family. It's not just enough for me to come and say, I wanted it, I asked God for it, I got it. But I also remember that there is this other part of me that is on that I'm looking at virtually in another small box on the screen that also needs the same thing or needs something else. But I want him also to have it. I want her also to have it. I want them also to have it. And their win then makes my win valid in that sense. So in this year, see it that your win is in our collective win. And the last one that I'm going to draw out is the wisdom of grace. The wisdom of grace. Proverbs 30, 28, the one that talks about the lizards or the spider. In the message translation, it says, lizards, I had it, and spiders. Easy enough to catch, but they sneak past vigilant palace guards. In other words, as, as powerless as spiders are, I mean, at least not the tarantula and all those big ones, the monstrous ones that you see on, on TV, but the kind of spider that you would see in a cobweb in your house, no matter how clean and tidy you are, if you leave your house, close the house, lock everything, travel and come back after a month or two, there is the possibility of still finding a spider somewhere in spite of your security and everything and your webcam that can see from 10 miles away when someone is approaching. In other words, God so made those creatures, the lizard, the spider, in a way that no matter your security system, they get into places that you just wonder, how did this one get here? And I believe that God can do the same for you in your experience in this year, that you get to heights that people will look and say, how did you get there? How, how could you possibly have gotten there? What's your qualification to be able to get to where you get to? And the answer is simple. The answer is grace. The answer is grace. It's littered all through the book of Joshua in their experience. How would you explain that someone steps into a water and the water parts? How would you explain that some people walked around the wall, a city wall? We're not just talking of some, some stick or made of A or something. We're talking of city walls that have houses built upon them. And they walked around it for six days. On the seventh day, they walked around it seven times and shouted, and the walls came down. You can't explain that. The explanation you can give to it is that there is a power that is beyond them and whatever they are doing that is making that happen. It's called the grace of God. The grace of God can take you to places that you will never have gotten to any other way and help you to accomplish things that you never have accomplished any other way, except the Lord helps you. And God has called this year a year of testimonies, a year of divine help for us, a year of harvest, a year of restoration. There are just so very many proclamations that came on the 1st of January in all those prophecies. And we sent a compilation of those prayer points on the, on the WhatsApp group. But the point is for all of those things, for you and I to lay hold on them, is for us to be able to 
to express these dimensions of wisdom. Practical application, the first one, like I said, is try and name your year if you don't have a name for it already. God has given us a name corporately, but you as an individual or you as a family, what is God saying specifically? How does God want to do wonders? How does God want, what will, what will a year of testimonies look like in your context? What will a year of wonders look like in your own personal context as a student that is in high school? What will a year of wonders look like for you? As a student doing your master's, what will a year of wonders look like for you? As a career person, as a taxi driver, what will a year of wonders look like for you? Give it a name so that you begin to feel like I know this year. Everything that has been happening since my wife and I agreed on the name just kept reaffirming and confirming the name for us. So coming into 21, everything feels familiar. It's because there is already that familiarity that came. There is, a, there is a familiarity that comes with naming things, the same way you name your children and you feel a connection with them by virtue of that name. Secondly, that pending instruction from God, just obey it and don't delay. Obey it right away. I don't know who that is for but that's a simple application you can apply right now. Whatever it is that God has been, you are feeling like it's just a, a nudge. You are feeling like maybe you are the one thinking it, but of course, as long as it is not unbiblical and it is good and it is God glorifying, go ahead and do it. Don't delay, just obey. Don't be a listener alone, but a doer. The third is to make this a year of intercession. Make this a year that you're going to pray for someone more than you pray for yourself because your win is their win. Your win is embedded in our win collectively. And lastly, make this a year that you're going to take a daily walk with the personification of grace, Jesus Christ himself. Make this the year that indeed you want to see him more clearly, love him more dearly, and follow him more nearly. Make it a year that you, you want to be more intentional. And actually, I've been hearing at least a couple of people in this church sharing how they are getting into God's word for this year, how they are trying to read the Bible twice through in this year. I mean, those are the kind of things that excite the soul. And yes, it is just January and there will be lots of opportunities and distractions that would want to lure you away from that. But if you are prepared with a solid foundation, with your eyes set on not just you, but others, then I believe that God's grace already has an avenue to find full expression in our lives. In conclusion, the Lord has declared that this is a year <clears throat> in which he will do wonders and that will bat testimonies. I'm just trusting God that you and I will find the humility to ask him for the wisdom that we need. Of all these dimensions of wisdom, and there are much more, which one is that which you think that you need the most for now? Is there wisdom to be able to obey to be able to lay that foundation of obedience? Is it the wisdom to prepare, to be able to just wake up each morning speaking into the future, that which you want to see in the adventure called 2021? Is it the wisdom of you just cooperating with others and having that sense of my win is not just about me. In fact, my existence and ministry is not just about me. It's actually about them to the glory of the Father. And so that you begin to intercede for people on the platform as part of this church family, just sowing words of prayers into that which you know that other people need and desire. Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 5, if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom. 
and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but rather he will overwhelm you. He will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. He will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. He's a generous father that loves to give generously. Father God, we thank you because this is our year of wondrous things. We know you are a God of wonder. And we want to experience every dimension of that wonder that you have for us. We want to see the wonders of praise, the wonders of grace, the wonders of your power, the wonders of faith, the wonders of love, the wonders of hope, the wonders of your righteousness, the wonders of heaven, the wonders of eternal life. All of those wonders that are packaged into your, your limitless wondrousness. We are asking, oh God, that you help us to take the posture whereby we can receive the wisdom we need in our different contexts, in our different areas, in, in, in that point where we need it for each and every one of us. And make us doers, not just hearers of your word. Help us to put into practice that which you are dealing upon our hearts, that which you are sowing upon the soils of our souls. As students, as children, as parents, as husbands, as wives, in all of our different categories and, and, and statuses, just help us, oh God, as we journey into this year. That at the end of it, we can look back and say, yes, we've got the best year ever, the best year yet, all because of your grace and your wisdom. So you be all the praise in Jesus' unfailing name we've prayed. Amen.